Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please visit the new todaysautisticmoment.com to listen to this episode and all previously published shows. The transcripts for all shows going back to February 2021 are available. Transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. In addition, please note that my email address has changed to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Please send all emails concerning the podcast and or any part thereof to the new email address todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. Please join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can talk with other listeners and myself, get program updates, and find new friends. Please subscribe to Today's Autistic Moment's YouTube channel to view the last three Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions. On November 17th, Give Minnesota will hold its annual Give to the Max Day. All of the money donated to Minnesota nonprofits will be doubled. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by three outstanding Minnesota nonprofit organizations that are doing tremendous work for neurodivergence the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota Independence College and Community. Looking Forward Life Coaching. Please go to givemn.org and donate to the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota Independence College and Community, and Looking Forward Life Coaching before or on November 17th. When most people think about families, parenting, and children, even in 2022, their first thoughts go to the heterosexual white male female couple that have children their children get a good education graduate at the top of the class and go to a really great college or university and eventually get a high-paying job the last episode of leave it to beaver was in 1963 yet many still cling to the show as a perfect model for what a family should look like As I have watched posts on the many social media networks I participate in, among the ones that have gotten my attention were by autistic parents raising autistic children. Many parents learn that they are autistic after their children get a diagnosis. They see an interesting reflection that seems really familiar. As many autistic parents work with their autistic children, They discover their sensory processing clashes with the sensory processing of their children's. Autistic parents can have many obstacles to finding the supports they need because of the outdated beliefs that there are no autistic adults or parents. Among the most common concerns I have read from autistic parents are those who encounter resistance with the educational systems that are not prepared to work with autistic children and subsequently pay no attention to their autistic parents. It would be wonderful 
if those who work in education would see the opportunity to work with autistic parents and children as a way of diversifying their learning environments. After all, as Yen Perkis wrote, neurodivergent people are the foremost experts in neurodivergent experience. Yet what many autistic parents discover are educational professionals using excuses covered up by bureaucracies of red tape to avoid making schools inclusive for autistic families. On this episode, you will hear about the experiences and advice from an autistic parent raising autistic children. My guest today is Nikki Collins. Nikki Collins, the autism coach, is a best-selling author and award-winning coach. Nikki lives in the UK with her teenage son and very vocal cat Snippet. She was 34 when she realized that she's autistic. After the shock of her difference wore off, she had one aha moment after the other as she realized why she did some of the things she did. It showed her that her differences were perfectly normal to her brain type. With a vast personal development background, Nikki started to share her expertise with people from all walks of life around the globe. Every autistic person deserves validation, respect, and self-confidence. This is what Nikki empowers her clients to do. Please stay tuned after this first commercial break. You will hear about Nikki Collins and her partner, who are the parents of autistic children. Nikki will share what her discovery of her autism from her children's characteristics was like, the steps she went through to learning about herself, and what she has learned from her experience of coaching other autistic parents. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com. Click on the episode you want to listen to and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA Choice homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org.
Welcome back. It is now my pleasure to introduce and welcome Nikki Collins. Nikki Collins, welcome to today's Autistic Moment. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me, Philip. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, so um, I've been looking forward to having a conversation about autistic parents raising autistic children for quite the long time uh, because there's a lot of um, misconceptions about including the myth that there are no autistic parents. It's amazing that that myth still exists in 2022, but it does. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I have read a lot of posts on the various social media networks I'm on about autistic parents and some of the things that they have been dealing with and facing. And so I wanted to have this, this conversation with an autistic parent um, about their experiences with raising autistic children. Um, and so um, I always begin with my first question. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about and or understand about autistic parents raising autistic children? So. Well, I mean, I've got, I'm autistic, as you know, that's why I'm here. I have yeah, an autistic yeah. son and my, um, my stepdaughter is also autistic. Stepdaughter. Mm. Um, yes. So she is it's interesting because some of the times the triggers that we have as parents, our, our children share, but we don't necessarily see it in others. Mm. And sometimes our triggers can be our children's triggers and the other way around as well. And a lot of the time, a child will gain a diagnosis of autism or ADHD or something that's neurodifferent. And then a little bit further along the line, the adult, the parent will then realize that there's a lot of similarities with their child and themselves. And that's when they kind of realize that they're autistic as well. So if you do have an autistic kid, it might be interesting to look back to see who your family members are, who are the quirky individuals to see where the autism might have originated from because it does run in families and there's no shame in that. And if you see your children as being completely normal, as far as kids go, then it might be that you are a neurodivergent family because <laughs> I know parents, autistic parents who have, neurotypical children and they feel very different there's a there's a big difference between the two sort of personality types yeah well what you've said is something i've heard many many times that the autism diagnosis for the children came before the adults and i also know of non-autistic professionals that they themselves didn't know about autism until their child got diagnosed. And then when they started reading, researching and, and doing some work that they began to understand. Um, but, you know, um, what do you think, if you can, if you can tell me, tell us, mm. what do you think are some of the differences that autistic parents might might have that might be different than say neurotypical parent parents do you think you can talk about some of that yeah i think that autistic parents are more likely to go off script so what i mean by that is you're encouraged to go to school get good grades get a good job, settle down, start a family. And it's a very specific way of living your life. It's a very mm. automated, systematic way of living. And sometimes we, we can be sticklers for the rules. And we can follow things to the, to the letter if they make sense. For the majority of autistic adults, we have a history of being bullied and we didn't have a great example set to us by our so-called role models and peers at school and we don't want to carry on that trauma with our children so a lot of autistic parents 
do take the decision to take their child out of school and home educate. I know that was my experience, being my partner's experience, and it's not everyone's experience, but we can go off of what is deemed to be socially acceptable and help our children to thrive in a way that actually meets their requirements. And as I say, that can look very, very different to traditional sort of parenting. And we can be a lot more flexible. <laughs> I know, right? Autistic mm. flexible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, were you also among those who your, your, your child got the diagnosis first and then you? Me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you, can you sort of give us um, what that was like for you when your child was diagnosed and then you were diagnosed? Um, maybe you can, as part of helping to give information, what was that experience like for you? I am still actually self-diagnosed. I've never sought a medical confirmation. I've had it confirmed to me unofficially, but not in a in a, a capacity that could go onto my med medical records. But I was sat at my desk a couple of months after I'd found out about my son, and that was when the penny dropped that, hang on, he takes after me, it's not the other way around. And it just got me to thinking, ah, okay. And initially I thought I was quite probably ADHD. And I, I, when I realized, I kind of went on this sort of downward spiral because I thought, how could you go for so, such a large part of your life not knowing something so fundamental about yourself? And I had so many aha moments as things just started to make sense, my behaviors, the way I'd felt, the way I'd felt so different to those around me. And the more I went down a rabbit hole, the more life just made sense, the more aha moments I had. And I mean, that was four years ago, and I'm still having those aha moments even now. And I coach autistic people daily, and it's, it's incredible. But it was quite an emotional period of time. And I know from the people that I've worked with who've got a diagnosis later in life as adults, mm. that sometimes it can be quite calm sometimes mm. it can feel quite chaotic and sometimes there's so many emotions that you weren't expecting to to have and I know for me it was it was a grieving process yes I agree yeah I think I think a lot of that has to do with um grieving um the person you thought you were <laughs> to put it mm. that way you know you thought you were not autistic and and you may have seen yourself as, as a different person and so i do think that when we're diagnosed whether self or or medically i think there is a there is a sort of thing thing of that goes on about i'm not the life that i thought i was living and because we get so used to that it i think it does take a little bit to to adjust you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think so. I mean, those masks they've taken a long time to put on, and they are there to protect us from our most vulnerable um, sort of states. And because we've been told that what we're doing or how we're acting isn't okay, we put those masks on to fit into somebody else's set of expectations, and they're not going to come off overnight. So, what masking does kind of helps us to lose sight of ourselves. What a diagnosis does is helps us to reconnect with that self that we lost. Uh, yes, I would have to agree with that. Um, you know, and I, I do believe that unmasking is another coming out process, just like it does when we're LGBTQ. There's like there's a coming off, the masks come off, like we step out of the closet of who of who we thought we were versus who we really are. That's a process. I after this next commercial break, Nikki will talk about the barriers that autistic parents encounter in the educational systems and what many autistic parents learn from their autistic children that helps them in their self-advocacy. Please stay tuned. 
Statistics show that over 90% of autistic adults are missing a diagnosis. Finding a therapist who can assess autistics is difficult enough. Getting the therapy you need after the diagnosis that will respect you as an adult who can be successful in life is very important. Kristen Math is a therapist and the owner of Therapy Dynamics. Kristen offers neurodiversity affirming autism and ADHD assessment services to adults in Minnesota, as well as therapy for neurodivergent individuals struggling with depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and relationship building skills. Services are remote, professional, and reliable. They include a full written report. Kristen offers a person-centered approach that helps autistic adults in Minnesota get the mental health support they need. For more information, visit Kristen's website at therapydynamicsmn.com or call her at 563-217-1010. Forward Life Coaching is honored to be a sponsor of today's Autistic Moment podcast. As a Twin Cities based nonprofit, we are able to participate in the Give to the Max Day on November 17, 2022. Give to the Max Day is an opportunity for nonprofits to collectively fundraise resources to make our communities stronger. Looking Forward Life Coaching is making an impact by providing one on one, person centered coaching and mentoring for neurodiverse and atypical individuals. Looking Forward Life Coaching uses financial donations to make coaching available to anyone in need. We are changing stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones toward success. You may donate at givemn.org and search for Looking Forward Life Coaching or on our website lookingforwardlc.org. Thank you for your generosity and providing hope. Thank you again to Philip and today's Autistic Moment. It's never a bad time to support the Autism Society of Minnesota, the nonprofit also known as Awesome, but right now is a particularly good time to donate to Awesome because they've kicked off their Give to the Max Day campaign with matching funds from Awesome's board and other generous supporters like you to unlock an additional $20,000. This year, Awesome worked with our community to create the most inclusive Autistic Community Summit yet, a blueprint for additional adult programming being strategically developed for 2023. They've vastly expanded online resources while safely moving programs back to in-person to serve more people than ever through education and counseling. Awesome continues to increase its advocacy for inclusivity and accessibility while further consulting with organizations to foster a greater understanding of the strengths and challenges of autistic people. To support Awesome during Give to the Max Day, visit givemn.org and search for Autism Society Minnesota. Donations stay in the Minnesota autism community and every dollar counts. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com.
I want to turn our attention to what are the barriers for autistic parents with autistic children. The one that I keep hearing a lot about is the barriers that can exist with the educational systems. Educational mm -hmm. systems that are just not prepared to work with autistic parents who have autistic children. I could give you a couple of stories and I will, but before I do, I wanna give you an opportunity to speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. The education system is, doesn't support autistic individuals. It's really, really challenging. And it's really challenging to get schools and educational settings to actually take us seriously because mm -hmm. our children, we are the experts in our children. We may not get it right all the time, but we spend the most amount of time with our kids and we know them the best. When our children come home and they're exploding because they've had to mask all day and like things like suppressing their stims and not being able to have their regulating behaviors and movements because they've been told to sit still, eyes forward, focus, otherwise you're not learning, which couldn't be further yeah. from the truth. When we're saying, these are the things that help my child to learn. These are some simple accommodations and some signs. And these are my child's triggers. They don't take you seriously. But no. if they did take those matters seriously, if they did take them into consideration, you'd find that there are very simple workarounds in order to help kids focus and learn on their terms. Learning looks so different. It, it's not one size fits all. And it goes beyond the... Bit like the reading and listening and drawing and all these different sorts of learning styles. Um, I'll give you an example. There was one little lad that I worked with and he had a desk outside the classroom. And if he was getting overwhelmed, he just got up from his desk in the classroom and went out and sat at the desk outside the out, outside of the room. When the teacher was able to switch his focus, they would he would go outside, check that this child was okay, and then he would just make sure that the child was okay, understood what they was learning about, and then they'd go back into the class. Okay. This gave that individual autonomy. He was able to understand when he needed to get up and excuse himself because he could feel that he was getting to boiling point. So instead of going into a meltdown, he was able to get out without needing a pass and sit outside to make help himself to calm down and collect his thoughts. The teacher didn't make a big deal out of it, so there was no attention was raised. He didn't look different and stand out. It didn't cost the school anything to put that into place. Right. And it helped everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I know of an autistic parent and they shared this story with us in a, in a conference at one point in time, but they have been known to get the most horrendous phone calls while they're working to immediately come into a principal's office because of how their autistic children behaved. Mm -hmm. And in one, in this one particular incident, it's, it, it's quite funny the way, the way the parent handled it. But she got a call from her principal at work. You need to come in right away. Your child has misbehaved and is in the principal's office. She had to ask her, her boss to please be excused for a little bit. And she had to use the public transportation because she doesn't drive. So she had to get on the bus. And it was also snow. There was snow on the ground and everything, snow ice and everything. She got to the principal's office, walked in. And, you know, there was her child there in the principal's office. And, and she said to the principal, okay, what did my son do? And the principal said, he stood up on a chair. So the parent, <laughs> she took her boots, her snowy boots off. She walked over to, to, the, to the chair that the, in front of the principal's desk, and she stood upon that chair. And she said, is this what he did? And the principal said, yes. And she finally like, you called me down here because you just stood up on a chair? What's the mm -hmm. deal? You know, I mean, and the thing is, she she knows and we know that um, 
you know, there are neurotypical children who wouldn't be probably be disciplined for something like that. I don't know. But this particular principal made an issue out of this autistic child standing on a chair. And, you know, of course, the safety concern might be there, but I, I've heard of, of, of parents, autistic parents, being called in for the most frivolous things to address with their autistic children because, um, once again, it, it's just something that the educational system, those who work in education, they just don't understand. They don't get it. And, and the more you try to tell them, often the more they tend to resist. Uh, so I'll let you comment on that. No, yes. it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And there are just, it makes parents feel like they are doing something wrong and that the school make out that they're doing everything right. Yet if a parent turned up at the school gates or whatever, the school premises, and that child had been badly behaved, inverted commas, all day at school, and then suddenly became impeccable in their behavior, that would raise alarm bells. So why is that standard okay for schools? But if it was the other way around, it would be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, and I also know that the same parents that I've been speaking of, they have gone to school boards. They have gone to state boards of education to try to find, get some kind of advocacy for their child. And they have gotten stonewalled. They have gotten, you know, no way, you know, and the, the usual, well, you know, the principals know best and, and all the rest. And, and, and they've just tried so hard to say, no, this is not what's happening is, is there is no, no mechanism for including her child in this educational system without the expectation on them that they are going to be they are going to behave like neurotypical uh, students. Uh, and once again, we see, um, you know, a lot of that moving in the direction, well, put them in a special school. <laughs> well, <laughs> while some of that's a good idea, the point is, is that, you know, um, when wanting to, when trying to teach other children about being inclusive of others, um, there are those who feel that that doesn't really set that example by separating them from the regular school system, per se. Um, you want to talk about that at all? Well, we're not encouraged, are we, from a young age, that there are different people in this world. And unless yeah. those differences are obvious, right. then we, we don't kind of see them. Now, as I said earlier, autistic kids end up being bullied the majority of the time throughout yeah. their school life. And... I, I still don't really get why this is still, why the school system is the same as what it was when I was a kid, when you were a kid. It's like, we're going back a few years now. <laughs> so why no has comment. nothing changed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, um, I just got through with a month of concentrating on ADHD and I mentioned during one of those interviews that I was regularly accused of daydreaming and, um, you know, another point that we made is that, and I think this really does apply here, is when a teacher will predetermine what kind of future this child is going to have simply because their brain works just differently, you know? Exactly. You know, and, and I do think that, you know, um, you know, the, 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 um, the big barrier one of the big barriers still exists that yeah, this idea that somehow when you're 18 you've out quote outgrown your autism which we know doesn't happen at all uh, but the thing is 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 that you know um the expectations upon adults is is also one of those barriers um that the, somehow the autistic parents are expected to you know i don't know you can fill in that blank i feel like Perhaps autistic parents are often just judged or something uh, that somehow they're supposed to have done better than this, you know. Um, if you want to comment on that, go ahead. 
Yeah, I, well, again, it feeds back into that, that blame culture and blame mentality. If your yeah. individual at school doesn't fit this certain stereotypical norm, then right. there's something to blame, and it's not that at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. A big, a big, a big barrier is the whole neuronormative, uh, our neuronormative majority, so to speak, and you know. Um, yeah, we have we have some major cultural cultural problems uh, that really do exist. Exactly, and yeah. the autistic kids grow up to be autistic adults. So if you're constantly telling autistic or ADHDs who are displaying more of the inattentive ADHD, so it's ADD, if you're looking at that and saying, "Oh, you're always daydreaming and you're so lazy. Why don't you learn this way? Why aren't you focusing? Why aren't you engaging?" These are the labels that people take with them throughout their whole lives. And this nice. feeds into that negative inner talk. And I think that having an autistic parent, you actually, that, that parent has lived that too. So we can start to try and do some collateral damage and actually help our kids by healing ourselves because we can lead by example. And we can, we might not be able to change the overall narrative in the school system or the wider world, but we can change it one person at a time. And I know that probably sounds really cliche, mm. but you don't know who that other person is going to help and who that other person is going to affect and impact. Yeah. My last question, which still is my favorite, uh, what steps should autistic adults and our supporters take? to advocate for the needs of autistic parents raising autistic children. Um, and I'm gonna let you take, take on this, um, so go ahead. Listen, listen, listen. Stop talking over the autistic voices because that is the group of individuals who has the experience. They are the people that know what it's like to live as an autistic person and they know how that is likely to impact their child so when we put things into place when we take the time to step back to look out and help our child map out their triggers to minimize things like meltdowns shutdowns and all these different things we're not doing it just to keep the balance at home we're doing it so that we can pass that information on and not all families are aware of what autism is so if you've got someone in the school environment who is displaying autistic traits and you're actually listening to parents who have autistic children who are autistic, not autistic themselves, actually, this is really making your life easier. So if you start to listen and put that advice into place, that can be replicated for other kids too. Yeah. Um. Are there any ways that you have advocated for yourself that you have found um, that have been successful? If and if you have, can you can you tell us some of those? Oh, I'm sure they have because as I've got as I've got older, as I've got more confident in my autistic uh, identity, I don't keep quiet as much as I used to. So mm. I think the little things like oh, everyone's a little bit autistic, or, oh, don't be silly, you can do it, just try harder. It's like, you wouldn't mm. say that to someone who's in a wheelchair. Come on, just walk a few more steps. You can get up that stair. No, I can't, I'm a wheelchair user. No, it's not as simple as that. I'm telling you that this is something I struggle with. Just because it's not something you struggle with, please don't invalidate my fear, not my, my needs and what I'm telling you is a need. And I think just being open with that type of thing and honoring my boundaries as well. So when I do physical networking events, I used to do a lot of them. I don't do as much anymore. But the other week I went to one, it was about 140 people in the room and it was a really bad acoustics in that room. I lasted half an hour. And 10 minutes out of that half an hour, I was telling my partner that I needed to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would have struggled through before. I would have pushed myself 
and I wouldn't have advocated. I would have stayed and there would have been consequences, potentially a meltdown, absolutely a burnout and completely a shutdown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, can you tell us how old your autistic children are? Yes, they're 16. Both oh, my. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what are some things that, um, maybe you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, what are some things that you think you have learned from your autistic children that you may not have learned any other way? The podcaster in me is supposed to ask tough questions, so take your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think... Many years ago, I was, I hit a rough patch in a parenting years. I can't remember how old my son was, but it was, it was quite young and I didn't know he was autistic. I didn't know that I was autistic. And I met up with a friend and she told me, she said, just slow down and view the world as if you was viewing it for the first time through his eyes, like he's viewing things for the first time. So really kind of allow yourself to go back to that those magical years where you weren't rushing around trying to be busy all of the time. And I think that some of that can be kind of, we can use that when it comes to parenting and especially like the lessons that our children can offer us because they talk to us, they communicate all of the time and maybe they don't know the labels to put onto their emotions. I mean, heck, I don't half the time. It's like, I've got an I've got an octopus cuddly toy, which one side has got a a smiley face, and then you turn it the other way, and it's got an unhappy face. And I call it my emotional support octopus. Mm, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that's the extent of my knowledge of my emotions. Is it a happy octopus or an unhappy octopus? Yeah. And I think that we tend to overcomplicate things, especially as we get older. And sometimes we really need to go back to basics and simplify things like that. And our children can allow us to do that if only we meet them at their level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have your autistic children helped you to advocate for yourself better, do you think? I think so, because, I mean, as a parent, I have always got my kids' best interest at heart, whether it's my son or my stepkids. So just don't, don't mess with them or you get me to deal with. <laughs> and that's yeah. always pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um, as I said earlier I think when you start to lead by example for your kids and show them what's what's possible what you can do uh, even if you've had a challenge the way that you overcome those challenges and hurdles it shows them what's possible and how they can take a little bit of control too yeah is your partner also autistic no but I strongly suspect that she's ADHD Mm. You know, that's, that's a, that's a good question for us to start wrapping this up. But, you know, um, you know, when one, one is, is autistic and one isn't, um, I'm interested to know if you have any observations that you might like to share about that, because, you know, um, I, I have heard from some autistic parents that sometimes communicating with a spouse is a bit more challenging than communicating with their children. Uh, but, you know, do you have any thoughts about that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, my partner and I, our relationship didn't start in what would be considered the traditional sense because right. we were in a long distance relationship. So a lot of our communication in the first, well, with 22 months, we were in a long distance relationship and then I moved. So mm. during those, let's say two years, our communication was very much online it was via whatsapp video calls and that leaves a lot of room for mis misinterpretation 
So we had to really get down into the nitty gritties of what the intent behind our words was and have the difficult conversations to make sure that we were on the same page. So it really mm. has been thorough communication and making sure that each of us knows exactly what the other meant by the words that mm. we used. So mm. it has been interesting. And something that was really interesting was that my other half, I, <laughs> this will sound funny, and she's completely healed now, she's fine. I was cleaning out the cobwebs from the skylight because I'm, I'm taller and have longer arms. And a fly came down from the skylight, a dead fly, and it hurt all towards my face. And I dropped the broom, not knowing that she was directly in front of me. So I clunked her on the head with the broom and ended up giving her a mild concussion. What that concussion actually did was scrambled her brain. So she had about a month, six weeks of essentially living in my world and the way she viewed everything was very very autistic mm. and it just gave her a way in like a glimpse into how I sort of process and how the world can seem to me which gave her a much deeper understanding but I am not condoning that people go bashing their partners over the head with a broom <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no 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 I don't think so <laughs> no 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 yeah you know um yeah you know uh, one of those barriers can be that just the fact that, you know, I've barriers and, and points of self-advocacy is just to stress the point that, you know, as autistics, we can't think like a neurotypical person because we're not. And I think that, you know, after we are diagnosed, whether it be self or an me actual medical diagnosis, I mean, we, we start to realize, hey, you know, I don't really think like most people do. I think like I think, like an autistic person thinks. And mm -hmm. so there's this tendency to just become, we become aware of just how unique we are. Um, and, and, you know, there's this path that we go on to a better understanding of ourselves so that we can actually celebrate our difference rather than mourn or grieve it. Um, you know, but, you know, uh, like I say, um, I personally have never, never parented a child and I don't plan to, but, you know, I, I, I'm aware of, of, of a lot of the challenges that um, parents and children have, but I also, when it comes to being autistic, there are so many of these things that are very unique, that are very different. And as I say, we have a culture um, that um, won't change what their understanding of normal is uh, yeah. to, to try to think on that there are just different brains in the world. And, um, you know, especially over these last 10, 12, 15 years or so, that we're seeing more and more autistic adults being diagnosed. And it seems to be opening up a whole new world for everything, including parenting. Absolutely. You know. And I think it will continue to become more diverse as we learn more. After this final commercial break, Nikki will talk a little bit about her podcast, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based? A literal thinker? Have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com.
Are you autistic and the owner and or host for a podcast that is by and for autistics? If so, I have a very exciting networking opportunity for you. I am cordially inviting you to attend a live virtual initial meeting to talk about the creation of the International Autistic Podcasters Association on Thursday, March 16, 2023 at 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. During this meeting, we can talk about what we might like an International Autistic Podcasters Association to look like and what we could do. The association members can share with each other what our podcasts are about, what is working well, what might need improvements, and promote ourselves and each other to attract more listeners. The meeting will be recorded with a transcript and made available on today's Autistic Moments YouTube channel. To read more about the meeting, go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash APA forward slash. Please share the news and link with any autistic person you know who owns and or hosts a podcast for other autistic people. If you have any questions or concerns, send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and co-workers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. On November 21st, Robert Allen Klaus III will be my guest for Autistic Adults Are Not Children. Autistic adults are often stereotyped as children that never matured properly. Autistic adults are infantilized by neurotypicals who feel that they know better as to who we should be and how we should behave and therefore should teach us to be more like neurotypicals. Robert Allen Klaus III is an autistic adult who is going to talk about how being infantilized has affected him and why he feels it is important that autistic adults be respected as adults. On December 5th, Becca Laurie Hector returns to today's autistic moment to talk about managing holiday stress. For many autistic adults, the holidays are a time of sensory distress, seasonal depression, and with social demands and all the music and holiday advertising that can stress us out. Becca Laurie Hector, who was my guest for the Summer of Self-Care series, will give us some of her ideas about managing holiday stress to help us all enjoy them as much as we can. If you are an autistic who finds the holiday days are a sensory nightmare, please listen to my show from last November, Preparing for the Sensory Unfriendly Holidays with Zephyr James. You can find it on todaysautisticmoment.com. On December 19th, the final show for 2022, will be Communicating with Autistics. I will be joined by two guests, Tass Crombie and Grace Ogden Parker. Many autistic adults get unwelcomed lessons about how to, quote, communicate appropriately from neurotypical people. Contrary to what many neurotypical people believe, autistic adults have our own languages as to how we communicate ourselves to other people. 
My guests and I are going to talk about the different ways autistic adults communicate with others around us. Neurotypicals are welcomed and strongly encouraged to listen and pay attention so that you might learn how we speak our own autistic languages. Season 3 begins on January 8th with the strengths and achievements of autistic adults. On January 22nd, I will publish my 50th episode. There are shows coming about autistic people of color and so much more. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Before I conclude, um, I just want to share that Nikki recently started her own podcast. Um, and um, you want to share a little bit about that, what it is, what you do? Yeah, well, unsurprisingly, my podcast is talking about autism <laughs> and mm. it's many different colors and shades because it's not all black and white, you know? No, no. And it's, it's, I'm about, I started in August. And it has been amazing. It's been a real learning curve. And I release a podcast episode each week, just about to increase that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's been interesting. So it's about the autistic community by autistic and neurodifferent voices. So everybody who comes on has got some sort of lived experience and hasn't learned it out of a textbook. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and your podcast is what's the name of your podcast it's called autism unmasked yeah yeah is there a website for it it's just attached to my main website which is the autismcoach.co.uk okay yeah um well then um if you don't mind emailing me that link um then i will include it on my adult autism resources links page so that people can find you Perfect. Yeah. Well, Nikki, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. And um, like I said, I've been wanting to have a conversation about autistic parents raising autistic children for quite a long time. And um, just to let my audience know that coming in 2023, um, I am going to have um, an alternative to this topic, and that's going to be uh, the point of view from an autistic father. Um, I think I think it's important to have different representations of that. Um, and so that's coming in the new year. So I just want to let my audience know that that's coming. Awesome. Okay, Nikki. Yeah. Nikki, thank you so much for this. I, I appreciate your time very much. As I say, thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. Thank you. You're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events with their links can be found on todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on November 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. December 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On Tuesday, November 15th, beginning at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Jason Shellac, an attorney and the executive director of the Autism Advocacy and Law Center, will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Guardianship, Do We Need It? Learn about how legal guardianship works for many autistics over the age of 18 who might need additional supports in Minnesota.
on Thursday, December 1st, beginning at 9 o'clock a.m. to 12 o'clock p.m., the Autism Society of Minnesota and the Autism Society of Greater Wisconsin will feature a collaborative virtual workshop entitled A Kinder Approach to Challenging Behavior with presenters Kelly Mahler and Chloe Rothschild. Current behavior trends have an overfocus on compliance and external behavioral supports and fail to address the underlying needs that often lead to so-called challenging behavior. This workshop will present five key areas that should be a support consideration for every single person. Finding the why, communications, sensory needs, predictability, and a structured approach to emotional understanding. This workshop is filled with practical evidence-based strategies as well as first-person accounts from autistics and other neurodivergents. On Tuesday, December 13th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Zephyr James will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Autistic-Friendly Holidays and Traditions. Many families rely on holidays and traditions to create connections, feel a tie to history, and share values. Gut often family traditions and expectations exclude autistics, whether because of sensory needs, disrupted routines, or confusing expectations. Be this session will help you explore how your autistic family member or you yourself can be a powerful force towards creating ritual and tradition that meets the needs of your family. It will include strategies for managing the overwhelm that often comes around the holidays, interactive practice for brainstorming traditions that work for you, your family, and tips for meeting everyone's needs. Go to AUSM.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have events for autistic adults and are supporters and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on the next episode on November 20th, please send them to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com by 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 16th. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Therapy Dynamics. Go to therapydynamicsmn.com for more information. If you have a topic that you think will be a great contribution to talk about the strengths and achievements of autistic adults and or want to be a guest in Season 3 in 2023, want your business or organization mentioned, or have questions about Today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.